0: Sonny's Monday Motivation on Loudmouth Radio is a series of compilations of speech, audio clips, and inspirational motivational messages for all who choose to actively engage and listen to the content provided. It is my hope that the information shared will provide his listening ears a true glimmer of strength, light, and confidence within to hopefully give you more aspects to believe in yourself to be everything you ever imagined what you believe about religion, philosophy, science, people, things, all these beliefs color your life, but what you believe about yourself is most important of all because you can never be anyone else but yourself, and what you believe about everything else is closely related to what you believe about yourself. Your life in the journey you put yourself through, there's no there's, there's nothing more than that. And that's all I want people to do is realize that you have to struggle. You have to struggle. The bigger the struggle, the bigger the peace. The bigger the suffering, the more peace. My story, there's no color involved in it. It's a human story about struggle. And I happen to be in so many different situations that so many people can relate to about struggle that I guarantee you, mark my word, you read that book, there will be a section of that book that resonates with you hardcore it will make you think if if you're not ready to think about your life and think about you know where you can be and think about what you haven't done the book's not for you if you're not ready to self to to really self-reflect and hold yourself accountable for where you're at and where you're not the book is not for you it's real so when I was in the worst part of my life those people want to bring you back in those people like like you can see who you hang out with like when you're in your worst and when you're trying to get better, what, what makes it hard to get better is that you are hanging around people who, like, let's say you are an alcoholic. You're hanging around people who drink. And I say you want to stop drinking. Those people want to bring you back in. Like I used to be this guy, this guy who, was, who, you know, who wasn't worth anything. Now those people who are still there, they're 16, 17, 18, 30 years ago, they're trying to get you back there. So the hardest part, you got to see who you're hanging out with, man. You got to hang out with the people who you want to be like the most. What separates me from a lot of people is they go into a daunting task, and the task is overwhelming. Like when I heard the pull-up record was 4,020 pull-ups, and I was talking about breaking this record. People are like, oh, my God. I went right to a pen and paper. They go, what are you doing? I'm doing the math, man. What are you talking about? I'm open-minded to the fact that, okay, if I do five pull-ups in a minute for so many hours, I can get so many pull-ups in. How much time do I have to rest? I was breaking the math down. You have to be open-minded to the possibilities that I can do this. Once you shut your mind down to the possibility that it can be achieved, there's no way it can happen. So that's why my my eyes and my body light up about things. Because I know that if you're in a fight, you have to attack. You have to keep attacking. The enemy has to know he is not going to give up. You must break the soul of whatever the fuck is in front of you. That's what I realized. I was never breaking the soul of anything in front of me. So that's why I came up with the thing called taking souls in my book. I started to devise ways to break a soul of a human being, of of an object, of, of, of whatever's in front of me. If you keep on attacking something, nothing wants to stand in front of anything that is relentless. Nothing. It takes one second of energy to steal everybody's. And then you have all the energy you need. That's all you need. You need to look at someone's eyes. You know how it is when you fight somebody and you broke that motherfucker. He's like, oh god, man, I don't want to go back the next round and you feel like my god, I can fight all day I can fight all Mm. day long. That's what taking souls is But you have to have the will the heart the courage To go that distance when you're exactly jacked up. You have nothing left to give And give more. I learned how to control my adrenals If you know how you know how you get that fight-or-flight response When you get to move real quick, and you know, I I started learning the mind a lot how to get myself jacked extremely fast, like in a horrible environment when everybody's miserable. I learned how to really find strength in the misery. When everybody's suffering, everybody's all poopy pants and their mentality's down and everything, I started just like, my God, this is where I shine. And I started using all that misery for tons and tons of tons of drive and motivation to... To to then lead people further. Because you can get a lot of power through misery. And once people see that, my God, Goggins is fucking going. Then everybody says, Roger that. Let me get my shit and go too. So I started realizing that if you can just find strength just a little bit longer, you will have a crew of people following you along the way. The mind controls everything. So what I realized was that when I was growing up and I was 300 pounds and I got all fat and I got all insecure... I realized that my mind kept taking me in this direction when things got uncomfortable for me. When I was facing my insecurities, when I was facing my fears. My mind said, "Oh no, we have the tactical advantage. We just get you, separate you from this feeling, this feeling over here. Life's all about feelings. We want the happy feeling. We don't want that feeling of this sucks. Why am I here? And you don't have any, so, so you can't answer those questions. So you leave." I started realizing that. If in that moment you can answer those fucked up questions and you are now in charge of your brain versus your brain ruling you, that's where all that stuff comes from. So so, so the 40% rule is all of that. You get to 40%, your brain says, we're done. Let's roll, man. This is starting to get painful. This is uncomfortable. So you sit down. You have to figure out ways, and everybody's different. That's how the book kind of talks about, like, we all have these things about, you know, Five steps to this, and, and four steps to this. It's it's a lot more than that. That's all bullshit. It's it's a practice that you have to. It's a habit. So if you know that at forty percent, I'm still, you know, I'm feeling pain. At forty percent, I'm feeling pain. That's where the forty percent rule kicks in. Now it starts. Okay, I'm I'm feeling pain. My mind's saying all this shit to me. It's saying, get out of here, run, flee. The fight or flight kicks in. Okay, we're done. We're not good enough. It starts telling you all these things. You start to believe it because the mind controls all. This is the time where you have to gain control back of your mind and say, okay, let me see if I can go 45%. And once you start giving yourself more and more hope and start realizing, okay, the mind starts to be, okay, what are you doing? We're supposed to be going right and you're going left. You start then controlling your mind start finding more in you know in yourself and then it goes from 40 percent to a lot further than that but that's the start of it though get to get to the spot where your mind is saying stop whatever that is you gotta get there first and then that's when that shit starts to work for you you got to control yourself in that moment when you really sit back at your life and you are in that dark room and you're looking at where you started from and you tell yourself Ah, dog, man. My, my mom is this way. My soon-to-be stepdad got murdered. My dad beat the shit out of me. I can't read and write to save my fucking soul. I've lied about it to everybody. I've cheated on all these tests. My God, man. And then you put a goal in your mind. How are you going to feel, man, when you accomplish this goal coming from that shit? Coming from the fucking hell you came from. A lot of people start from a good starting point. They have a good foundation. What if you can surpass all of these motherfuckers? What if everybody who was fucking way up here started up here? And you had you started with no legs. You had to grow fucking legs to even start walking and then crawling and then running. And then you start passing people and all this given to them. I had to use all this negative shit that was making me weak and horrible as a person. I had to use this as. The power that now fueled me. I had to flip it on his head and say, hold up. This might be exactly what I need. The darkness is exactly what I need. It's how you look at your situation. And I was looking at it it all fucked up. It goes back to once again, accepting. You have to first accept it before you can fix it. A lot of people walk around, oh, man, I'm good. I'm good. No, you're not. You have to accept what you're not. You have to, And people don't want to do that. And that's the only way you can fix it. You have to accept it first before you can go on the journey. A lot of folks never even start the journey, man. They never start the journey because they live in this fake life that who they want to be, they act like they are, but they're not because they haven't fixed all this stuff yet. You got to fix this first before we can start our journey in life. So that's why I have them make this list. You fix these problems, now your journey can begin because you no longer care about how people are judging you. When, when you care more about how someone's judging you, you're gonna stay right there. There's no forward momentum. When I was in the dungeon and no one was coming back to help me, I just wanted that reflection in that accountability mirror that I hated so badly to be something that gave me pride, to be something that made me feel, it. Wasn't about, it's not about money, it's not about success, it's not about people, oh my God, that's David Goggins, signed my book, no. When I started this journey out years ago, it was about, I just want to learn to read. So now I'm at a place now where I see the possibilities of human human potential. What are we capable of is the conversation now. The conversation now is how can I now talk to people in a way they can understand the message that I have for so many people, for so many people. So that's the, that's the new conversation now is that I, you are constantly evolving. You never stay, either you're getting better or you're getting worse, not staying the same. Mm. So for me, I have to constantly be getting better. I have to constantly be evolving my message. So I'm constantly thinking in the quietness of my mind. That's, that's a key point too. The world is so fast-paced. The world is so noisy. So my conversation now a lot of times is, my God, slow down. The world can take you here, here, be here, be there, be everywhere. And I lose myself sometimes. So I catch myself in the airport. I catch myself in the plane where I'm writing stuff down. Okay, remember this, remember that. And I go, hey, hang on a second, Goggins. What what got you here? This isn't what got you here. Slow the fuck down. Go back to the quiet place of that dirty mirror in that $7 a month place you used to live in. That's where You grew. You, so, I, so that's what I'm, I'm constantly reminding myself, well, go back to your roots. Now, I'm not saying go back to hell, but I'm saying don't forget where you come from as you start to explode out of the gate when you become someone. My conversation is do not forget your roots. Do not forget your roots. Don't let this become so big that you lose yourself amongst the noise. Go back to the quietness of what made you successful. Are you are, are you actually doing what you say you're doing? Which is why when I heard some of your story, I realized that you have substance to what you're saying. Which is why now I can speak to you. A lot of times I go on these podcasts and I don't want to fucking be there. You know, because I start realizing this person is just talking. He's not living. And we share this with people and we expect them to change. They can see right through you. They can see you're not doing this. So That's the thing about it. Don't do everything in your life for money. Don't do everything, yes, we need it to survive. There's a great drive and passion behind doing things for the mind and the soul. There's a great drive in that. Everybody, like, man, you, you talk with such passion. This is a life. This is my life. So that's, so that's what I want people to get from all this stuff, man. Like there's something inside you. The, the brain is the most powerful thing. The mind is the most powerful thing that we have not your phone it's not the computer it's not anything it's your mind and if you can tap into that you can come from the from the daggone roots of hell and become such a great seed a powerful seed that can grow into some great daggone garden and people don't get that it's all up here the power and the magic's up here you have to look at suffering as almost like i look at failure to succeed you must fail In failure and in suffering, all the answers are in there. All the answers to all the test questions, the test is your life. All the answers are in there. You don't have to live in suffering and pain and failure all the time. You have to learn, I need to visit it. Like people hate working out. You're only gonna visit working out maybe an hour a day. 23 other hours of the day, you're not in it. Mm. But how you become in shape is you must visit suffering, visit working out, one hour a day. Visit suffering, one hour a day. Visit your past failures, one hour a day. The relationship with it is the answers are in there. A lot of us, when we have bad times in life, even the hardest person in the world, we forget how badass we are during that hard time. I have a thing where I take a couple seconds to reflect on, Hey, oh, on man, you've been through, been through this, you've been through that, you overcame this, overcame that. I don't, Ever closed my mind to the fact that this can be done. And I knew I had to get up, I needed nutrition, I needed hydration, I need to get stop being dizzy. So that's the first thing I did. I didn't panic on I had 30 more miles to go to get hundred I started about the process. Slowly but surely I was able to stand up and I was literally hobbling around this track, just walking. No running at all. I couldn't run. My feet were in the worst pain. This is the worst pain I've been in my entire life. Nothing in any training is even a comparable to this last 30 miles. And what happened was my ex-wife looked at me, and she's like, man, you're just, we, we agreed I'm not going to make the time. I was going way too slow. And at that time, at mile 81, something clicked that I'll never probably be able to do again. Where my mind, body, spirit, soul, everything just connected. And my mind knew I wasn't fucking around anymore. It knew I wasn't going to quit. It knew that guy was dead and buried and gone. And I was going to die out here on this fucking Walmart for, for whatever reason why I was going to get through this motherfucker. I didn't give a damn. It made no. There, there was no fucking crowds. There was no trophy at the end. There was. I wasn't even in a race in my mind. There was. It was nothing. It wasn't about nothing. There was no nothing. It was a bunch of people who didn't know who the fuck I was. And it was me against me. And I used all these different dark places to start bringing out light and just fucking going deeper and deeper. And up running the next... 20 miles I ran 101 miles and I ran the next 20 miles ran at about a 10:30 pace And I did 101 miles in 18 hours and 56 minutes sat back down in that blue Porta potty now my chair that got from Walmart and that's when the body realized I was done and This great feeling came over me, but also the worst pain in my life I that's when I took a humongous shit on myself <laughs> Literally, like I like a fucking log up my fucking back, pissed so much blood down. And my wife was, she was a nurse, and she was freaked out. I couldn't get up. I couldn't stand up. She backed this Camry on the knoll of the grassy area I was at, and we were both lifters at the time, so she was decently strong. I put my arms around her neck. She got me to the back seat of the car, let the windows down, cause I smelled like horrible shit, and I had this poncho on because it was November in San Diego, so I'm sitting there, Jack in the back of this car. And she was terrified, I need to get to the doctor, I need to get to the doctor. So I said, take me home. So we lived on the second story, or, or the second deck of this uh, apartment complex in, in San Diego. I got to the first deck, so I, I get out of the car and I could stand up, but, but with my arms around her neck. So I was just leaning down because I was going to pass out. Got to the sec- or I got to the first deck, went down, just couldn't stand up anymore. Got up around her neck, worked up my way up the uh, railing, got my, you know, you know, got my arms around her neck again. Walked to the kitchen area, which was right in the front door. I was laying on the poncho liner. Crap was everywhere. I managed, she helped me manage to get into the, to- into the tub. And it looked like dirt was coming out of my penis. This looked horrible. Just this, this the grossest thing in the world. It was the worst pain I can ever, ever, ever be in in my life. And the craziest thing, I'll tell you a story because it's right now. I'm not sadistic. I'm not crazy. People may think that. They may want to put a title on me after hearing me because it makes them feel better. Because they think, wow, this guy must be some special or just fucked up crazy dude. No, I'm a guy that came from nothing. Anybody's capable of doing shit like this. Anybody. And I sat in that tub. She put the water on me. She called my mom up. And my mom was dating a doctor at the time. The, doc- the doctor said, you need to get him to a hospital now. She came back in. All I wanted to do was call Chris Costner on the phone, the race director of Badwater, and said, I fucking did it. So she said, I'm taking to the doctor. I said, No. Let me sit here and enjoy this pain," she said. "What are you talking about?" I said. "You know," I go. "I need to go to the doctor. I realize that, but I never thought it was humanly possible to do what I did. I went seventy miles, and at seventy miles, I was dead. I was at a hundred percent. What I thought, what I thought was a hundred percent. I went thirty. I went thirty-one more miles after being in." the worst physical shape I've ever been in in my life. And all, the, all that pain and suffering and thing was going through my fucking body as I sat in that tub and, and, and the water hit me. And it was the most amazing feeling of accomplishment. And I didn't want to be numb. I didn't want people to give me drugs and, and to numb this fucking pain. I wanted to. I did this. I over, and as crazy as it sounds, it was the most amazing moment of my entire life. Well, I think it's important um, to do things you don't like, and I am—I was very ashamed in my life story for a long time. I—I I, I, I didn't want to go out and tell anybody shit about me, so that's why I had two people. I, you know, I created one David Goggins and one Goggins. Right. And um, I didn't want people to know that I had all these issues. But after a while, people start to give you these different taglines. You know, like you're superhuman, you're amazing. They start. I'm like, you fuckers don't know anything about yeah. me, man. I'm this. Insecure kid. I started realizing there's a lot of people out here who are going through a lot of problems that I once tapped into. You know, I had a whole bunch of issues growing up, and you know, I I felt compelled to this. You know what? Mm -hmm. You gotta start sharing this stuff, man, because people see where you're at today. They see where you're at today. They they see the man you are today. This this hard rock, hard human being. Show these people where you come from. Like I see where I'm at today, but I know where I come from. And it's kind of hard to almost separate that. I'm, I'm almost, not in a way I'm kissing my own ass, but I'm amazed at what a human being can actually do. So when I start talking to myself in the third person, it's strictly because I know that I literally made this human being out of, a, out of just like a whole bunch of scraps. Mm-hmm. I, and, and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a, a mechanic, I wasn't a carpenter, so I didn't know how to do any of this shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't trained in how to build a human being from nothing You know, like my mom didn't train me, my dad didn't train me, life didn't train me Well, life did life train did, me, yeah Life did train me, correction And I started putting this scrap metal together I'm like, I wonder what the fuck's gonna happen You know, the first year I tried to do it was all fucked up And after a while, I started learning more and more and more through pain and suffering I started learning, learn, just learning so much about stuff Before I knew it, man, I built this beautiful car And I'm like, how the fuck did I do that? And I knew how, and I, I know how to do it because I have all the tools through all the failure I went through trying to build this person who's Nick Goggins. Mm-hmm. So think about this. I put everything on David Goggins to be a Navy SEAL. It's like going to the crap table with, with your last thousand dollars. And you say, you know what? I'm going to put everything on this fucking on black. And hopefully I win. If not, I'm broke. I put my whole life a guy that was scared of the fucking water, a guy that could fucking taught himself how to read and write on um, being one of the hardest motherfuckers on the planet. Think about that shit. A guy that came from nothing. I put my whole life, and I'm going to go out here and put everything on David fucking Goggins to be a Navy SEAL. Not to go be a fucking, you know, Boy Scout or some shit, a Navy SEAL. And I, and I, I, I look at that, and I did all this shit just to get the opportunity to succeed. That's what, that's what people don't fucking understand, man. If people see the, the, the end result, I remember that guy saying, my God, man, I can't believe what the fuck I've just done. I put everything, ruin relationships, ruin this, ruin that, put everything on the fact I have to become someone in this world or I'm no good for anybody. Where And where does that come from? That Where did that compulsion, that drive? It comes from a disgusting place of not being fulfilled in your life of afraid of dying, having never accomplished anything. That's a fear that some people run away from that people don't want to face. When you have a real fear of dying and being just another person that I live to pay the bills, I mean a thousand dollars a month. This is my life. I spray for cockroaches, man. If, if that makes you feel good, that's great. It didn't make me feel good.